This is a Soulfire production. I have an amazing guest uh, today, Angelica Alam. Am I saying your name right? Yeah. Okay. And um, she goes by Ange, at least through our mutual friend (laughs) and her fiance, Thomas Williams, who's been on the podcast. I know you guys loved that episode. So they, Thomas has been like on me tough. Like you got to connect with Ange, Laura. You got to connect with Ange. And we've been sitting here talking. I'm like, now I know why. Why did this take so long? She's (laughs) such a powerhouse. So clear, so motivated, so direct. I know you guys are not only going to resonate with her message, but how she delivers it. Um, So just to give you some statistics, even though, you know, we're not all tied up in the Jersey, but she's, she's, she's done some really incredible things. You guys, she is the executive director at the largest bank in the U S and one of the largest banks in the world. She's the chief motivational officer, as she likes to call it, (laughs) of the power, power circle, which I like to look at as a resource center for women to take their lives and business to the next level. There's tons of blogs and amazing resources on, um, her power circle, which we'll talk about later, but I'm really excited to dive deep into Angie's story so you can really see how she's, number one, risen to the top of her career, but overcome a ton of obstacles and has given back in such a huge, huge way. So, Ange, thank you so much for being on here with me today. I'm glad we could finally make this happen. My God, are you kidding? It's an honor. Thank you for giving me some of your time. And man, your voice, I can listen to you speak forever. Like I listened to a couple of the episodes and I'm like, God, her voice. But now even here listening to it, I'm like, you're you're meant to do this. Your voice is so so soothing. You're so sweet. It's funny how you receive it and I hear it because I'm like, I'm annoying. Isn't that that how it happens though? (laughs) We're we're always the hardest on ourselves. So I don't know where we want to start because your story is so multidimensional as we all are so multidimensional, but you knew from a young age, you were going to be successful. I feel like, or at least you had a vision for your life and you have obviously you not obviously you've created that. Um, and there've been some obstacles along the way, but I would love to if we could do like a cliff notes version of, of your story to really rise in the top of your industry and really what it's taken you as, as a double outsider, as one of yeah. my first podcast guests, Cheryl Jackson would call it. You are a Latina woman, right? And you're in the most Very masculine proud. industry there is. <laughs> right? So how yeah. have you done that? Well, I was raised by a very strong masculine figure. My father, uh, my, my father took me under his wing at a very young age. When I was about eight years old, um, I would go with him. My, my father's a retired Marine, um, oh, wow. and also an educator, educator, community activist. So from a very young age, I've been working with him side by side. Um, and I was also raised by a very, very strong woman who, you know, taught me that my, my greatness isn't defined by anyone else and that, you know, no one else's light will dim mine. If, if anything, you know, the stronger the light in the room, um, the brighter the room is. And that's because I was raised with seven other individuals. So I've, um, I have four sisters and two brothers. We are, we are seven and I'm smack in the middle. Um, so my family foundation has a lot to do with, you know, my strength, my tenacity, my resiliency, all of that taught by my parents. 
But then comes the real world because my parents are also first generation immigrants. So there's a lot that, you know, they've had to learn and then they, they're capped at a certain level. And then that's when the opportunities and the sacrifices they made to give us what we have, that's when we kind of take the helm and, and then pay it forward and go learn, um, you know, things that they, they unfortunately at our age didn't have the resources or capacity to, to learn and take advantage of. So, I mean, Cliff Notes version is I knew what I wanted. Um, I just didn't know what it looked like. And so, uh, I knew I wanted to be successful, knew that I had something in me, uh, that I, I needed to find. So, you know, when I went to college, I, I had a very interesting college experience because I was very poor in college. I wasn't, you know, very wealthy or very heavily resourced and I was an economics major. Uh, so I knew that for me as a double outsider coming from a low socioeconomic community, my ticket to freedom was understanding economics, which is why I became an economics major. And the, from then on became obsessed with financial services, all things, you know, money, economy, you know, how, how do, how do companies work? How do countries work? How does money work? And then, you know, life, life took control of that. And ultimately the end goal, I, I reached my, my dream, but so much in between, uh, so many learning lessons, so many hurdles, so many, um, so many things I had to experience because now here on this side of it, I understand that I was never meant to just go be successful and brag about it. I was meant to make a U-turn and go right back to where I came from and pick up all the little Angies along the way that, um, that needed to learn what I now know. And so, you know, full circle 360, it all always comes back to once you make it, you have to ask yourself the question of, all right, now when is the right time for me to turn around and then go teach it? Um, so I'm, I'm fully knee deep in, in both. I've, I've made, you know, some incredible career moves, but now I'm equally as focused as making that U-turn and going and speaking and, and meeting all of the little Angie's that I can, you know, look into and let them know, Hey, you're either going in the right direction and keep going, or maybe let's just tailor, you know, let, let, let's tailor your, your GPS a little bit and, and get you in the right direction. So. Well, I, I'm already like teary eyed because of your heart. Like you're just at such a young age, it's, you're just giving so much. It's like, we, I feel like sometimes we can wait till we're like 60 or 70 and kick back to give back, but you're so active and, and motivated to take people with you. And there's a lot of people on the line that I feel like you could be their like older sister. Like, that's what I feel like. Like, like awesome older sister vibes. So what would you say are the biggest learning lessons um, to getting where you are today? If there's like one or two. Yeah, I would say the first article is, you know, the first piece of that is if you, if you allow other people's limitations that are projected on you and you, and you allow that to pierce your thoughts and your belief system, that could be very, very detrimental uh, to forward movement because in my journey, I had many people think that what I was trying to accomplish was just so difficult. It's, you know, you're, you're Latina and you're a woman and you know, you're this and you're that, and you look like this and you look like that. And not only that, I'm a very curvy Latina. So, you know, <laughs> God forbid I wear the wrong kind of suit to work right. and all those things, you know, play a huge part in, think about it. I work in wall street. Wall street is very white man, 
suit, you know, and then after white man suit, it's white woman. And then after, you know, so I, I don't look like any of that. And, you know, I would have people project their thoughts and their opinions on what would be so difficult. And I used to believe it. And so I used to hear that voice until one day I literally stopped and asked myself, but like, but have all of those people actually tried or is this just a generational sound effect that has just like plagued our communities? Have all of the people that, that say these things actually tried to do it? And so that's when I told myself, I'm actually gonna try. I hear all of you, I hear it, it's difficult, but I'm actually gonna go and I'm, and I'm gonna try it. And you know, I had a few people when I was applying to business school, um, I had a few people tell me that my verbatim, my dreams were very unrealistic. And since then, those very same people have asked me to come and speak at their Ivy League institutions. They've come and asked me to speak to their nonprofits. They've come and asked me to speak. And, you know, how did you do it? So that saying, like, first they'll say, what are you doing? And then they'll, you know, later on, they'll say, well, how did you do it? Um, that, that's very real. So that, that's been, I think, one of the overarching themes of, of my trajectory. And I would say the, the second biggest theme is the misconception that things have to be easy. And if they're not easy, then they're not worth doing. It's hard breaking any kind of paradigm. It's difficult. It's meant to be difficult because not everyone's meant to do it. It is systemically created that way. So it is going to be hard. That's just, you know, but I think history has proven that the harder the task, the more worth it, the completion, right? So if it's going to be hard to get here, then then there has to be something at the end of this hard that's worth me getting to. So I'm going to weather the storm because I know that that end goal is worth it. So it's going to be hard and, and hard is nothing to run away from. The harder something is, the more strategic you have to become um, and the more resources that you need. And it isn't always money. You know, my best resources have always been people and meeting the right people that have taken me under their wing and, and showed me the way um, has been absolutely instrumental. And I would say the third very quickly, um, and it should have been the first is my faith in God. I pray about everything, every single thing in life. I will take a pause and I will pray about it. A hard decision at work, a decision in my home, a decision with friends and family, a decision with business, any pivotal move. There's prayer at the beginning, during, in the middle, the end and after. And God has been instrumental in showing me either in dreams through, you know, my pastoral relationship and, you know, in signs, he has showed me, this is the path I need you to take. And, you know, when I listen, it works. When I don't listen, whew, that's when the headaches come and, and God has to be like, but I told you to go in that direction. Um, so that's what, you know, that, that's what I would sum it to, um, to stop listening to people, have faith and, and have a foundation um, and understand that things are going to be hard, but it's it's ultimately uh, worth it if if that is your calling. So 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 powerful. Mic drop. Okay, podcast ended ten minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we need. No, that was that was some some. <laughs> I'd like have to really take that in for a minute. Um, I'm so glad you didn't listen, and I'm so re- glad you redirected those voices, and I'm so glad that you chose to shatter those ceilings because you're taking a lot a lot of people with you. So. You work in this uh, masculine, white, male 
stuffy, I, and I can only say this from the outside looking in, you know, you've shared uh-huh. that <laughs> industry. How have you remained true to yourself amongst all of that? I think it really helps coming from a big family, quite mm. frankly, because I come from, a, 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 for instance, I just won this huge industry award, uh, a global organization called Women in Payments. And I won the Rising Star Award. And then, so cool. you know, the, the bank I work at, thank you, deemed me like top three women in the industry. And I run and I tell my family and my family's like, all right, cool. But like, are we going to see you, you know, next week when we're all getting together? Like, wh- okay, what birthday is it? party. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> right. Like, okay, that's awesome. But like, what does that mean? So I have a family that like keeps me very grounded in who I am. So I can never forget it. Um, and I really feel that people need to learn that authentic doesn't mean I have to be what this position calls me to be. That's not authenticity. Authenticity is I am a multifaceted individual. I can flex my personality in multiple ways. And that is still me being authentic to who I am. I can be a clown like no other. I can be, you know, a comedian when I'm with my fiance. I can be, you know, I can be very serious, very refined, very corporate when it calls for it. And that is, you know, that is exactly who I am. We are all multifaceted. For some reason, we think that we just have to be one, you know, we're either serious or we are funny. No, like you have to understand that every situation calls for a different part of who we are and owning that and refining that in time through experience, through exposure um, is something I've been able to do really well without feeling like I'm neglecting or forgetting, you know, who I am as a person. So, you know, while Wall Street is, could, could be very stuffy, there are also people that, that are not. While it is very, you know, male dominated, there are also some incredible men that are, that are allies and opening up incredible opportunities. You know, my last manager was a man and, you know, very masculine, but he paved so many paths for me. His boss was a man, also very masculine and was the one who nominated me for this industry award, was the one, you know, who was a sponsor for my um, promotion. So it's about finding those, those pockets. Are there like, is there a misogyny still? 100%. Are there, you know, men that still feel like women don't belong in the workforce? Yeah. That's why we're still fighting so hard, but it's about finding the people that are, you know, interested in your progression and aligning yourself to those people. I love that. And I love that you've allowed yourself to be all of you and multidimensional in the workspace. I think you hit on something really big as we see this idea or this pinnacle of success and it's linear and we put ourselves in this box and we can find ourselves so unfulfilled if we achieve that role or that put ourselves under those constraints and you've just allowed yourself to be all of Ange as you've risen, which is which is probably a huge reason for your success and a reason why these guys have had your back and advocated for you. I think yeah, that's and like I'm respectable. Also, yeah. And you know, but I'm also not weak, right? Like totally. I don't I don't I don't inv- I don't invite. I don't have the demeanor and I don't and I don't invite any of that, because I also make it very clear, like I'm not the one. And I get that from my parents, right? There's only two people in this world that I fear. And that is Louis De La Rosa and Mercedes De La Rosa. I don't fear anyone else. On Just this hearing life. their name, I fear them. <laughs> right? Like those two are the only two. And so 
everyone else, you're, you're, you're a person, regardless of your title. I mean, we get so stuck on like, but this person is this at the end of the day, they're a regular human being with, you know, with the same feelings we have with the same, you know, outside worlds as we do, like they're just, they're people. So I've never been intimidated by title. I've never been intimidated by class and I've never been intimidated by stature. I love that. I love that. And I think it's something we can all practice is, is humanizing people and not putting people on pedestals and realizing our own power. I'd love to talk about financial fitness and, and well-being with you because we haven't talked about that yet on this podcast. And I think you can, you can really speak to it super powerfully. And I know you said you have a course coming out on this, which I'm really excited to take. And, and I'm sure a lot of women and men on this, on this line will, will love to dive into. Too. But can you kind of share uh, principles um, that you've learned that have helped you in your journey? The one thing in life, if I look back at all of the things that I've accomplished and all of the things that have helped me get to where I'm at, the one thing that has dramatically shifted my place of peace is being financially fit, is having a positive, healthy relationship with my personal finances. I always start with talking about finances with be gentle with yourself. There's a lot of information that either was not shared, has not been shared, maybe because of pure, genuine ignorance. These concepts are not easy. Like I never blame my parent. Like, why didn't you teach me these? And it's because I have compassion to know that, you know, they came to this country without prior knowledge of, of, any of the fundamentals of finance. It's one of the detriments of low socioeconomic, you know, um, communities. And even if you do come from like, let's say a privileged background and most things have, you know, have been deemed as you, we were just talking about this, Laura, you, you, you have to understand these things. So, you know, God forbid you have a question or God forbid you don't understand it as well enough. Um, I think the fundamentals of personal finances are one, understanding your spending patterns. You have to understand what you're spending money on. And people will swear up and down that they understand until they break down their spending and find out that just last year alone, they spent 20,000 on Amazon. And it's like, all right, I spent $20,000 buying things on Amazon because the Amazon app is on my phone and I could just click buy, 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 buy. My account is I, I'm not keeping up with that on a monthly basis. I'm just, you know, I need this. Okay, good. I'm going to buy it. I need that. Okay, I'm going to go buy it. So understanding where you overspend and where you underspend and where you have flexibility to sort of um, move things around is one. Two, emergency funds are so underrated and so needed in this country. I think consumer reports show that like 80 plus percent of people that make over a hundred grand cannot weather one emergency, do not have like more than $400 in their savings account. Like those statistics are incredibly scary. Having at least six months to a year in a savings account in case of any emergency, in case of a job loss, in case of, you know, anything that can go wrong, your tire popped and you need to replace your four tires, you need, you know, anything. Having an emergency fund is important. And the only way you can build an emergency fund is if you understand your spending patterns and you know where you can cut back in order to plop that money into a savings account. The third, and I was actually listening last night to um, a YouTube by Ray Dalio. I think Ray Dalio is a a brilliant man and his book, um, Principles, 
is one that I have. I and saw it that on I, your website. Like I love, we have so many overlapping favorite books, by the way. And I love that you put his there. It's such a great book, but he mentioned last night that debt, um, and it blew my mind because like I'm, I've been in the financial industry now for, you know, almost a decade and went to business school, got my MBA from a top 10 institution. The way he, he put the debt argument, I was like, wow. So even me this deep into my journey, I'm still having wow moments. And I think we need to just be a little bit more gentle with ourselves to understand that, like, take the time and let the wow moments come and don't look at yourself as like, oh, I should have known this. I'm 34. I should have known. Um, he put debt in the, in the perspective of if you're, if you're using debt to gain an asset, then debt is, it could actually be a really great thing. For instance, if you are, you know, taking out a mortgage to buy a home, if you are, you know, taking out a you know business loan to start a business and that business is going to create assets that's then going to, you know, allow you to pay off the debt, then these are, you know, th- these are healthy ways of consuming debt. But debt for consumption is actually a terrible thing. And I agree with him because people don't understand that when you use a credit card, let's say, to just consume things and you don't have the discipline to pay off that balance in full at the end of the month, that purchase just became 20 to 30% more expensive depending on what your APR percentage is. And a lot of people take out credit cards and don't even understand what a percent purchase, what a purchase APR is. Um, and so keeping, keeping those, debt, those debt purchases down if you don't have no credit card discipline, I'll be the first to tell you, you shouldn't have a credit card. And I know they try to tell you like, you know, you need debt, you need credit card to build your credit, but, but not to the point where you're putting yourself in a financial situation where now you're, you're in debt and you can't put towards an emergency fund because you're paying the minimum on a credit card because you went on a shopping spree. Also a new phenom that's, that has just come out are, you know, and I'm, I'm super supportive of financial technology companies. I think they're great. Um, but this notion of afterpay in a world where we're heightened to be, you know, conscious of what we look out, look like to the outside world. Like I remember when I was growing up, I, it's okay that I wore the same shirt for a whole week and the week after that. And the week after that, like these days you wear something and it's online. Oh my God, you can't wear it again. Like it's just taboo. So now these afterpay companies are taking advantage of that to say, Oh, you want to buy a $400 purchase? It's okay. You can just pay $40 now and then you pay seven payments of $40. I think that every time I see that on the side of the, you know, Instagram or the Amazon, whatever. And I'm like, that's mind effing so many people that are young that are buying, that are probably using that. I've never pressed it, but every time I see it and I was like, this is, this is not good for our culture. Well, because if you cannot afford it, then you can't afford it. You can't afford it at 400. You can't afford it at nine easy payments of you know, $40. It just, you, you can, you can't, if you can, that's a different story and, and null and void to what we're saying here. But the truth is, is those products are created for people who cannot, right? Because if you can, you're just going to pay the 400 and you're, you're done. But if you cannot $40 right now, and then $40 eight times later, is fine. Why do you think infomercials do so well? 30, you know, three easy payments of $50. Yeah, that's still 150 bucks at the end of the day. It's not $50, it's 150. Um, so, you know, being more conscious of, of things like that. And then education, 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 
education. There's so much changing right now in the world. There are so many new investment vehicles. Crypto is, you know, is the sexy word of the century. There's just so much to learn. And so not using the excuse of nobody taught me, the internet has completely changed that for everyone. Um, educating yourself on, you know, what are the fundamentals of finance? What are the fundamentals of investing? What are, you know, what are the fundamentals of crypto since it's such a, you know, hot topic right now? Those are such great uh, principles. And I think just coming home to yourself in such a um, overload culture too, we're like, what's like, how can we keep our center with it all um, and not get pulled right and left to, to a consumer society is, is so huge. Um, there's a lot of entrepreneurs on the line that feel like they're, uh, you know, maybe wanting to go to the next level and like ready to take that next risk. And I know you've you've shifted, you've up leveled in many ways. I mean, you've won awards. You're not scared to take risks, whether that be financially, you know, or career wise. Um, what, what tips, tools would you have for trusting yourself and really going to that next level and maybe even making some risks financially? Like how, how would you, what do you, would you teach someone to kind of go big in what their heart's calling? Is? Yeah, that's a great question. And where I would first start is by telling your listeners that they're listening to my chapter 18. They're not listening to my chapter one. So if anyone is in their chapter one, listening to my chapter 18 and feeling like I'm not moving fast enough, or or I want awards or all of this, Mm -hmm. like understand that your chapter one may be way better than what my chapter one was. So like the compare, I think comparison has become the thief of our progress. And so understanding that where you are is where you're supposed to be, period. Where you are in this very moment is, is where you're supposed to be. Now, as far as taking risks, make sure they're calculated risks. I've always taken calculated risks, right? When I graduated from college and I moved to New York, I had a job lined up. So I didn't, you know, I, I, I quit and, and said, I'm leaving, you know, like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm quitting California and I'm leaving to New York. But before I left, I was at the airport applying to over a hundred jobs. Yep. When I landed in New York and I prayed about those 100 jobs. When I landed in New York, I had four interviews. One of those four landed and I had a job the first week I got to New York. There you go. That's a calculated risk. I didn't just say, oh, universe, give me a job. And then I sat on the plane and waited for the job to reach me. Right. I applied to over a hundred places. Then I got to New York. I started working at MTV and I said, okay, great. This has been awesome. Four years. I've been getting great exposure. I've been getting great experience. I'm ready to make more than 40 grand a year. This is not for me. I want the power suit. I want financial services. <laughs> I want the booty bag. I want the heels. I used to sit outside of Citigroup and watch the beautiful women. And it was never the men that enticed me to want to go work in Wall Street. It was always the powerful women I would see coming out of that building and just looking like straight bosses. And I would sit outside of the building and I would say, yeah, that's going to be me. I'm going to make a walk. And it, it literally was the Citigroup building. And that was the first financial services job that I had. So I had to visualize what I wanted and I saw it. I sought for it. I, I like chased it like nobody's business. I didn't wait for anyone to come show it to me. I went out and I, I chased exactly what I wanted. When I shifted from MTV to financial services, I made a huge calculated risk. I went to business school of which I paid for all on my own and business school is like 200 grand. There's another risk, right? I didn't wait for somebody to come and hand me an, I, I know I need to be credentialed because I'm a woman of color and I want there to be no confusion 
that I belong in this room. So I'm not just going to give you a bachelor's. I'm also give you a master's from a top 10 institution. And so everything has been calculated. It's been scary. I've doubted myself throughout the process. Imposter syndrome is real. The conversation in your head is happening, but you just have to look, you have to want it more. You have to want it more and you have to do it afraid. There's so much that I do afraid. I do 99.9% of my life afraid, but I do it because the fear of like staying stagnant or not becoming the person I know I was called to be, I fear God more than I fear failure. I fear God more than I fear anything else because I know he's either going to thrust me into my purpose or I'm going to take a whole bunch of detours, suffer, but he's going to thrust me into that purpose no matter what. So do it afraid. I mean, so many mic drops there. I, I really, and I said this earlier, I feel like you might be the, the number one person that I've met that really matches grit and grace, your faith and your work ethic. It's like you prayed about every interview, you lined up a hundred. You know, that is the, the point of this podcast is really equally grinding on the soul line and the goal line and having them fire in unison to live an activated life. And I feel like you're just such a perfect example. Even the words you're using, your, your, how you're sharing it's, it's your, both are firing like on equal cylinders. Oh yeah. That's very sweet. And, and I appreciate that. And, you know, I can't take credit for that on my own. I have amazing people around me that uplift me and that have, have definitely helped me become the person that I am today. You know, I have my, my godmother who is a pastor who, you know, I pray with frequently, you know, she keeps me grounded in my faith. I have a prayer warrior of a mother who keeps me grounded. I'm about to marry a strong man of God who, you know, is, is probably my, you know, my biggest support system right now. And all of those things matter. Like all of those things matter and not enough powerful women talk about how important it is to keep all of your relationships in sync, like synchronized, right? Synchronized to the direction that you're going in because it all matters. Think about it. I spend most of my time with the person that I live with. And that is my fiance. If, if that energy and that space doesn't synchronize to where I'm trying to go, it becomes my biggest anchor and not in a good way. Right. So one of the, one of the biggest advice I got from a very powerful woman was who you marry is equally, if not more important than any of these credentials that you're chasing. And not because you're going to have a partner, but because your partner will either be your greatest asset or they will be your greatest anchor. And so I, you know, I have a supportive, amazing fiance who makes me want to be a better person every day. That alone is a great, um, is a great energy uh, driver. I, I also have, you know, a great family that holds me accountable to my excellence and, you know, great friendships and relationships that keep me grounded and, and remind me when I sometimes forget who you are, because sometimes you get caught up in, in how difficult this journey can be. And you start to forget, you start to listen to that voice. And it's like, am I really this? And that's where your, your tribe has to just come in and combat those voices of like, nope, we're going to say no to that voice. This is who you are. Stay focused. Totally. Um, so totally. no one can take credit. It takes help. It takes being humble and it takes saying, you know what? I can't do this alone. Yeah. I mean, and you're a powerful okay. example of surrounding yourself with such a 
such a great support system. I mean, we can all learn from you, whether we have it or not, we can seek it. You know, whether it's podcasts like this, your power circle, it's like, there's so many resources, you know, for, to be surrounded by mentorship and people that are really going to believe in you. Um, I know you've recently become a bonus mom, which has been a huge, beautiful blessing and also transition in your journey. And we were talking earlier about how there's many evolutions of our journeys, right? We have some chapters that are just grind, 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 and others that are more, um, require more space. So how have you given yourself grace in this transition to, um, have a little more balance? I don't even know if you use that word or. Yeah, no, it does. It does take balance. And it comes back to the question of, can you have it all? Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest misconception with, can you have it all is the answer can be yes. But the real question shouldn't be, can you have it all? The real question is, can you be great at all of those things at the same time? Mm. And I think the answer is no. You have to pick and choose what you want to be great at. And everyone has the choice. Everyone can make the choice to find that balance, right? And so I I did just become a bonus mom. And she is an amazing, beautiful little girl who I love more and more every time she's in my presence. And when she's around, work gets shut down. Mm-hmm. There's no and ifs or buts about it. There isn't like a, oh, let me compromise. When she is here, it is all about her. It is all about me ensuring that as the maternal energy in this house, that I'm doing what I can to ensure that her and her dad are connecting the way that they're supposed to. That to me is way more important than work. And again, I have an amazing partner. If I have a very pressing meeting or I have something I have to be at, I attended with no guilt, like no guilt whatsoever, healthy, effective communication and planning. Um, and that's where I've needed help girl, because I am not a planner at all. I have no kind of structure, but let me tell you about your friend, Thomas, his <laughs> need for structure is real. Like talk really? about a Leo and a Capricorn, <laughs> my God, like night and day. Um, but I have to honor that. He's a that. Jesus Capricorn. He's born. On- oh my God. <laughs> he is a Jesus. He's, he's a Jesus Capricorn. <laughs> Through and through, he is the Jesus Capricorn. <laughs> but but no, but when she's around, it's all about her. It, it it there's no you know she's still so young. So I I have never even with my own children when I'm fortunate enough to have them, I never want my children to feel like anything is more important than they are. But I will teach my children that responsibility, effective communication, and you know planning is how you mitigate, you know, some of the inability to be as balanced as you would want to be. Mm. There's sometimes where you have to make, you know, calculated sacrifices. Um, I'm all about the word calculated, uh, calculated sacrifices. And so, you know, understanding that this is, this is where I'm at now. Here's the reality. Am I able to still operate like the 100,000% powerhouse that I have been? No. Am I okay with it? 100% because I reached a level of success at one point that scared me because I asked myself and I did it while I was single. I I reached my dream career when I was single and I, and I thank God every day for it because I never wanted one to be distracted by man. And two, I never wanted to get into my forever relationship feeling like there was anything else I needed to do um, to feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So I reached that level of success then. And I asked myself, God, there's something missing. Like, 
what is missing? And for me, it was family. I was ready. And it hit me at like 31. Like, God, I want a family. I, I got this work thing down pat. And I know that just work doesn't fulfill me. So I, you can keep bringing all the success, but this is not going to make me happy. So whenever I make sacrifices to be with my little bonus child, I know it's worth it because I know what it feels like to only have success. Mm -hmm. And so she is worth every second of my time. My job is not worth the sacrifice I would have to make to be present, you know, to be present in her life. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, and, and also we talked about this earlier too, women that, you know, have tra transitioned into motherhood, not comparing themselves to, you know, women that are, you know, are technically, because until you're married, you're technically single. Totally. Let's talk about it. You know, comparing themselves to single women with no children who don't really have a household responsibility. Right. Um, comparing the speeds. It's not a fair comparison mm -hmm. at all. Like I can just get up and go with no problem versus a mom of one or two or three. You got to put a whole lot of energy and a whole plan in place. So having some grace and understanding that the sacrifices are worth it. Mm -hmm. At least to me, I understand what's worth my sacrifice and I don't make that decision based on anyone else but me. Mm -hmm. So I have decided that for me, my bonus child is worth it. So when she's around, I block off time. No, there is no power it. circle. It just seems no like you really, really mastered being super present in the moment. It's like you're committed where you're at. You know, you're here right now. You're all here right now. You're with her. You're all there. So um, really, really valuable and, and beautiful to hear. And um, I totally can relate to like feeling success and just that other part where it's like there's there's something more like oh, there's God. just something happens at 30 and this yeah. smacks you and you're like, wait, what just happened? I was never that girl, Laura. I was never I know, that girl. I can tell you're bad. I'm like, I want to play sports again and have girl. you on my team. Let's go. Let's go. I'm like dodgeball queen. Let's do this. <laughs> Kill someone in dodgeball. Let's go. Shoot. Let's do this. Uh, but something smacks you and it hits you and you have to honor that space and, and just welcome it, embrace it, um, and make the choice that it is something you will honor. And it's all about choice. Yeah. And once you make the choice, honor that choice and just, you know, do what you got to do. Uh, is that when you met Thomas, 30? I actually, oh, how old was I when I met Thomas? How old am I right now? 30. Yes. I met him right as I turned 30. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yes. I actually met Thomas after I went on a very long vacation with God. I went on a three week sabbatical with just me and God by myself throughout Europe. And I went and I visited all of my dream romantic places. I took myself to London. I took myself to Paris. I took myself to Barcelona. I took myself to Venice by myself. I love this. Warren, Cinque Terre. I went to Rome. I like, I, everywhere. I said, I wanted to go to all the love languages with God because if God wasn't enough for me, no man ever would be. Oh. Um, and so as soon as I like got back home, he slipped right in all of my DMs, not just one, but like all of them, every social media platform, he was there. I was like, okay, I see you. You're awesome. Hi, let's talk. Oh, what a cool story. That's oh. so beautiful. So many lessons in that. Wow. Very, very cool story. He never told me that. Does he know yeah. that? He does. Okay. <laughs> so if you were to sit down and with... I don't know, 
20-year-old Ange, 18-year-old Ange, and say, all right, babe, looking you in the eye, here's the playbook. What would you tell her? Oh, man. I would tell 20-year-old Ange that she's amazing, that she's extraordinary, that any other voice that says anything other than that is a liar. And I would tell her to do it afraid and, and to stop listening to people to look within her heart and that she has all the answers right there and trust that what, what that heart beat is telling you is the right thing and go for it. And then it's going to be hard and then you're going to make mistakes along the way, but it's all in the journey. It's literally all in the journey and you can only fail, but so hard because God will be right there to make sure you're, you're well aligned. It's scary, but it's worth it. So do it afraid and keep going. I love that. This has been like so, so, so powerful and filling. I feel like this is a sermon that I'm going to listen to <laughs> over and over again. You're so sweet. And now I feel like I need to go on a three week sabbatical to like. You my, should. my place wouldn't be Europe though. I, I I don't know where it would be, but there's there's some places on my list. But that's such a great idea. I mean, it's COVID, so it's so weird. I know. But, it's, but I like up. I like the idea that you that you really did that for yourself and your your relationship to spirit is really really moving. There's a lot of people on the line on their spiritual path. How do you how do you prioritize that and spend time with um, something bigger than yourself? Yeah. I mean, it's my number one priority. And oftentimes I don't, you know, I, I probably don't spend as much time as I would really want to, um, you know, connecting with God. Uh, but I, you know, I'm a huge, huge Bible advocate. I, you know, oftentimes when I don't have time to really delve into the word, I, I use the Bible app and I'll start a plan. And so every day I'll try to do at least a devotional at some point in the day. Um, I would love to sit here and say that, you know, every day I wake up at 4.30 and I read the Bible for 30 minutes and then I go walk and pray with God for another 10. But for me, my relationship with God has gotten so deep that I have constant conversations with God throughout the day. So I'm consulting God in every scenario. I'm, I have an open line of communication to God because it's not that difficult. I, I, you know, I probably don't sit in silence and pray. I pray throughout the entire day in my own way. Um, I know that when I'm overly spent, I have to stop and be silent. And in that silence, I'm speaking to God. And then, you know, I study. You also have to study. You know, what does God say about this? I actually, you know, the other day, I usually it's themes. I felt like there was, you know, this, this energy in which I had to, because of the news and everything that's coming your way and how negative everything is right now. And this illness I've lost, you know, in a very quick amount of time, I've lost family to COVID. I felt a huge need to understand what does God say about his protection? And so I literally stopped everything I was doing. And I went and read Psalms 91 and I read about, you know, you know, God's protection for his people and how he sends angels to protect his people. And then I read it and I prayed, sent it to Thomas, said, Hey, check this out, pray, let's stay protected. And then, you know, went, went about my day. So I, it, it can't be something that's just eventful. It has to be something that's ingrained and it is ingrained in my every process. So that's how I stay, you know, connected to God. And in the shower, my shower time, that is me and God time right there. Like 
I love it. I love it. And it's, it's really moving this, this connection that you have, and we all have our own connection. It's just, um, I think it's a muscle that you have to, first of all, be open to practicing and then practice. You've been practicing for a really long time, um, and communicating for a really long time. And it's really, really cool to see where the guidance has led you. And I asked Thomas before we started, I was like, what's one question I should ask Ange? Cause he gets to be with you every single day. I'm like literally picturing your household now. I'm like, it's, it's constant <laughs> sermon, motivational seminar, boot camp over there. I love it. Um, <laughs> and he, he really said, you know, Ange, as much as she's climbing the ladder and growing and evolving and breaking chains and, and, you know, moving up in her own world, she's just as fiercely taking people with her. And so ask her about that concept and why she's so passionate about it. So this is me asking you that question. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, Laura, first, I think, I think you have such an amazing platform and even, you know, watching you do what you do and, and do it so well is, is something that gives me drive. And so I feel like we all, we all in our own way are, are called to do something that's much bigger than us, much bigger than our success. And because we're answering to that call, God has already said, I will take care of all the desires of your heart. And, you know, he, he also says, you know, when you seek me with all your heart, that's where you'll find me. And, you know, what, what was Christ's biggest mission on this planet is, you know, to unite, to spread a message, a message of hope, a message of, um, of love. And so I've taken on what I hope is a very similar, um, calling to God has already taken care of all my heart's desires. I've traveled the world. I've seen all of my dream locations. I've reached levels of success. I would have never imagined I've done it. So I, I know what it feels like. And I want everyone to feel that I, if I could just do anything to help others feel that, that feeling of victory, then I'll do what I have to do because the Lord gives, but he takes away very quickly. And we're all one mistake away from being wherever it is that we judge others for being. And I, under, I, I, I understand that. I, like I said at the beginning, I fear God more than anything else. And I know that what God called me here to do is not to boast about all of my accolades. I know he gave me those accolades so that people will listen. And now that I have people's ears, it's all about let's get you to a place of hope. Let's, let's use love to help you get to your calling. Um, so it will always be something that drives me and is engraved in, in what I do, because that is what I was called to do. I smacked dead into my purpose at a young age. And so I have been following that purpose. Um, and I just love people. I think people are amazing. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm an empath. So I, I could feel, you know, I could see somebody and I could see that they have it in them and they just need, and then I see myself. I knew back then I had it in me and it took people to get it out of me and get me in the right direction. And so who the heck would I be to ever sit on a pedestal and be like, well, I made it now. I'm just going right. to go. You know, How unfulfilling. Right. I want to go sit on a yacht and drink a mimosa all day. And it's like, yeah, but the rest of the world is, is hurting from lack of education, lack of exposure, lack of opportunity. And I've put you in a place where you have the credentials that can now open doors, that can now create chairs, that can now 
change people's lives. I'd be a fool and I'd be an unfulfilled fool to not follow that that calling. So I, I genuinely, fundamentally love people. I think people are extraordinary. I think everyone has a story. I think everyone has been through things that has made them exactly who they are from the best of people to the worst of people. Um, I'm fascinated by people and I know that God will always take care of me. So it gives me a confidence that doesn't find, you know, that doesn't find competition in anything that I do. I don't compete any, like, I guess I'm, I'm, I compete with my coworkers and other, I don't find myself competing with anyone because I'm not here to win. I'm here to share a message. Mm. And just like God mm. has said, he will protect us. God has also given us so much confidence that we are allowed to walk in. Like if I'm the daughter of the most high and I am the daughter of the alpha omega creator of this entire story, I'm going to walk with that pride. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to walk into every room where I feel like I deserve an opportunity with that pride. And it's not arrogance, it's pride and knowing exactly who I am, exactly what I was called to do and knowing who's going to protect me and who's going to provide. And God has given me that power to do good. And so that, that is the mission that, that I'm on is Mm. to take, you know, take the power that he has given us and do good with it. Um, Beautiful. Beautifully, beautifully, beautifully said. How would you share with someone to if they're like, how do I activate my life purpose? And I just feel like I see you're so motivational and you're you're living in alignment. What would you share with me to activate and unlock my life's purpose? Well, definitely hear this, like press the subscribe button on this podcast because (laughs) my God, like you, you yourself, you yourself are an amazing, an amazing pour of hope and energy and enlightenment and and activation because someone's going to come to your podcast to hear this. And this is your platform. Yeah. So you yourself, I'm going to be pressing play on this one a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So surround yourself with more Laura's literally like a surround yourself with, with women, with people, with men that you can look at and say, wow, I am in complete awe and have the humbleness wherever you are in your journey to be able to look at somebody and say, my God, you are extraordinary. You are amazing. I want more of you. I want more of your energy. I want more of what you got going on. How can I support you? Like, mm-hmm. can't always just be about like self, right? Like I, I love what you're doing. Find more of these platforms, find, mm-hmm. you know, find more of the Laura's find more of the means. I have yeah. my own platform. And like, that's what it'll lead to. So how can we tell us for an activated audience, all the things they should plug into you through your circle, through your courses, Tell us all. We want to subscribe. We're motivated to yeah. get going. Awesome. Well, on all of my social media handles, the um, the name is the underscore power with an H, power circle. The powercircle.com is where all of my resources are um, from my blog to the courses that are coming soon. I also launch a cohort that's a six week program. And I take women, you know, through all of everything that we've spoken about today. I take them through that in a more regimented way with speakers and, you know, an agenda. Um, I just finished my second cohort. I'll be launching my third cohort in April. I only take 20 women because as I like to tell people, I'm not for everyone. I am not easy by, by all means. I don't, I don't allow people to self-sabotage. I don't entertain weakness. I don't, once I look at you and I can see that you are like, you are it, even when you can't see it, I'm not giving up. I'm not, you know, I'm not subscribing to, 
you know, the, the self-sabotage that a lot of us like to do. So I do say it, I'm not for everyone and I'm not out to be the most popular. I don't care to have a million followers. I don't care to have a thousand followers. I care about transformation. I care about people really hitting their goals and really becoming exactly who they say they want to be because my time is valuable. So if I'm going to spend time on dedicating my resources and my time to people, I expect people to give me their all. So my cohorts are 20 women only um, at a time. <laughs> now, <laughs> so now that yeah. you're scared shitless and yes, if you are scared go, shitless, that's a great go. thing. You're scared shitless. Just know you're the type of one. coach I'm looking for. So <laughs> I mean, me too. I'm the type of coach I'm looking for. I'm my own coach because yeah. it's like, if you're scared shitless, great. That means I hit something in you that you really need to pay attention to. Right. Step two is to dive right into that fear mm -hmm. and let's do this. Step three is like, once you get over that fear, guess what? We're going to uncover another one and another one and another one. And be, like fear never goes away, but you learn the mechanisms to start to just do things afraid and attack it in the right way. Um, and just as hard as I can be, I'm also very loving and very giving, mm -hmm. but I am, it's just a protective mechanism of myself because I give so much. Mm -hmm. um, so I do like to tell people I'm not for everyone. Mm -hmm. I'm, I don't sugarcoat things. I'm very honest, but I give solutions. I'm not just going to tell you your resume sucks and then not spend three hours remaking it. Like, mm. you know what I mean? And so I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a tough cookie and I like it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so I now like I a hundred percent, like I'd always ask Thomas because Thomas always told me, no, this Angie's the one, like Angie's my girl. And I'm like, well, why aren't you with her? Like, why aren't, why aren't you married? And he'd always be like, I'm not ready yet. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, damn, I can't wait to well, meet this and, one. And, and that's like, and he is a bold man. Like he, you guys listen to his, his show and he said he wasn't ready yet. And that's just beautiful because you really held your ground and who you were too, for him to have to elevate to meet you. Well, you just said the most powerful statement of it all. And it's, you have to make people elevate to you. Well, oftentimes, even in career, in relationships and friendships, relationships, whatever it is, we often feel like, especially people with really big callings, you're one of them. People with like really big callings are, 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 are equals, belong to a very small group. So we have to be very patient. Um, and we often feel like to accommodate people, to make other people feel better, we have to shrink ourselves. And I told myself a long time ago, I'm done shrinking. And so if you want to operate at my level, you have to come meet me up here. And I'm not going to tell you that you're worthless. I'm never going to tell you I'm better than you. I will tell you what doesn't serve the place that I'm at in my life and give you the choice. So you have the choice to meet me up here or not. I will never force anything on anyone. I won't force a friendship. I won't force commitment. I won't force anything because the beauty of choice means that you have everything you need information wise to make the choice. And if you're saying yes, it's because it's something that serves you as well. So we, I've had to learn though, how to adopt that because I didn't go from like being single to meeting my Prince Charming. There were some frogs along the way <laughs> that never turned into the prince. So, so let me fool you to thinking that like I've had the most amazing, best dating pattern, but you, you, even with dating, you got to treat, you know, dating, just like we treat our career climb. It's like, okay, am I attracting the same pattern or am I evolving? And if I'm attracting the same pattern, I'm the problem. 
Mm. And I have to do something about it. And the second you paradigm shift, then you meet the person that, you know, that you're supposed to be with in God's timing. So, mm. well, Ange, yeah. thank you for your time. I, I'm going to link up everything that you've shared with us. I'm so excited for you guys to really, you know, lean into her. Like, I do feel like this is a big sister that can take you places. You know, everyone on this line is motivated to go to the next level. And it's really just taking, just saying yes to ourselves. And she's somebody that after you say yes, can hold you accountable to that calling. So thank you for saying yes to your calling because um, you're activating bridges and activators like myself. So we need each other. We need each other. And I'm just so excited to watch you and Thomas create the life and family of your dreams. You guys both deserve it. From your mouth to God's ears, boom. (laughs) He shared with me your goals this year. I'm praying over them. I'm so excited for you guys to build this empire together. And you couldn't be a more divine aligned partnership. I'm like, to be a fly on your walls would be like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're welcome anytime. So, and not just as a fly, but as a person. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you so much, Ange. Uh, This has been such a blessing. You're welcome. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please share this episode and DM us. We'd love to interact with you about all you learn and create from this. If you love this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe to get real-time updates when all new episodes go live. And if you can, please leave us a review. It will help us grow our community and our message to support more leaders on their growth journey. If you want to continue to hang out with me, follow me on Instagram at Laura E. Holloway and subscribe to my weekly newsletter at lauraeholloway.com for weekly downloads, blogs, upcoming workshops, events, and more. Stay aligned and make your move. I'll see you next week.